hey, do you need a powerful software designed specifically for nonprofits to manage your finances, people, and giving efforts? Check out Applos. File taxes, accept donations, communicate with donors, and get robust reporting all in one place. Applos has a special offer through the end of June to help equip nonprofits during these challenging times. Start a 15-day free trial and pay only $1 a month for the first three months. Just go to nonprofit.applos.com to get this limited offer. That's nonprofit.applos.com. Welcome to the Top Nonprofits Podcast. We know that you're working hard to stay on top of the latest best practices to help your organization deliver on its mission. And this podcast is here to make that a little easier. Twice a month, your host, Amy DeVita, interviews a nonprofit expert on topics ranging from fundraising to volunteer recruitment and a little of everything in between to give all our friends an opportunity to learn from the best nonprofit leaders and organizations out there. First off, um, Claire Axelrad is here. Hi, Claire. Hi, Amy. So nice to see you again. Um, for those of you listening, we get to see each other. <laughs> it's very exciting these days. Um, lovely to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> you ha- hope you're doing well too. Yes, I know. It's a, it's a loaded question these days. Hey, Claire, um, if you wouldn't mind, could you please tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I have been in the nonprofit professional fundraising space for four decades. And 30 years I spent in the trenches, so I know very much what everybody listening to this is is feeling and doing and the challenges that you face on the ground. And 10 years ago, I went out and started my own firm, Clarification, and I have a blog. You can find me at clarification.com, spelled with an I in my name. And I do a lot of education and online courses and coaching and some limited consultation. And I'm still, I'm, I'm really enjoying being able to help more than just the one nonprofit whose doors I go into every day, but hundreds and hundreds of nonprofits now across the world. And folks, as you're listening, please write that down. Clarification at C-L-A-I-R-I. F-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. Um, it is a terrific blog. She's got fabulous advice. I go to it all the time. And any of you who get our newsletter, you will often see a, you know, an article from, from Claire because um, she just has such an incredible amount of information to share. So I find it very valuable and I love sharing it. Thanks, um, Amy. Yeah, of course. So Looking for a little more information and sort of tying into the events of the days, as it were, Um, you know, since we've gone into quarantine, uh, I think this is day one million today, something like that. Um, You know, I was just curious, specifically about fundraising, Claire, um, what kind of changes, if any, have you seen in fundraising since quarantine started? Okay, so I've seen some good things and I've seen some bad things. I'm going to start with the bad because this is the thing that makes me the saddest. Many organizations are asking less and communicating less. And if you don't ask, you don't get. And people are kind of using this 
in my opinion, as an excuse to duck their responsibility to fundraise effectively. You know, they're, they're making excuses for their donors as to why their donors probably don't want to give because their incomes are down or their, their assets are, are insecure due to economic instability or they're giving to other frontline responder charities instead of traditional charities. So I get it. You know, people are really worried. Business as usual isn't. Everything's more challenging than it was several months ago. But the assumption that you shouldn't be bothering people now, you should never, ever assume on behalf of other people. People can always say no for themselves. And in fact, what I'm finding is that the charities that are communicating robustly and asking are doing really well. And they're finding that many of their donors are actually starved for connection opportunities and where they wouldn't have picked up the phone if you called them to thank them, for example, in the past, they're picking up the phone. So understand that your donors cared about you before the pandemic. They still do. And if they're presented with a compelling appeal to help you stay alive or transition to new forms of programming, many are going to jump at the chance to do that because they feel very powerless. And by helping you, they become empowered. Claire, I have to jump in. I have a question for you. Um, you said, you know, specifically asking less, and I think you've answered it, but I, I want to dig a little bit deeper. Asking less and communicating less were the things that you know, are the bad. Um, when you say asking, can you tell us what you mean by ask? Are you talking about asking how they're doing? Or are you talking about asking for, um, for donations or both? I'm talking about both. I mean, asking how you're doing is really important. And that's actually one of the good things that I'm seeing since the quarantine began, that some organizations are connecting more often and more personally and there's a lot of different ways to virtually connect and give your donors a little boost. And, and people are doing that. And personal is really the gold standard. And there's a lot of research out there that shows that a personal touch today really makes a difference to your bottom line. And one of the best strategies is simply to pick up the phone and check in with folks one-to-one -one thank them for their past support and ask how they're doing. And even depending on what your nonprofit does, ask if you can help them. And this doesn't have to be an ask. This is a cultivation kind of thing. Even, you know, it's like everything is fundraising 101 and you don't want to throw that out. So it used to be true in marketing for for-profits as well that you, that you have like seven touches before you do an ask. In fundraising, I think three or four is okay, but you want to, you know, prepare people to be feeling really good about you. So if you call, I mean, I've just done this for a nonprofit whose board I sit on, and I've called a bunch of donors and thanked them, and I told them, I'm not calling to ask you for money. I'm just calling to thank you. Your support means so much to us, especially now. Thanks so much. That's it. That's, you know, and then you know, maybe you send them an update from the executive director. You have a few like this, and then you ask. One of the things that I'm seeing people do now that is really great is they're pivoting to virtual types of events. So an art organization I'm working with 
is doing, um, they can't, they can't put on live plays. So they're doing uh, fireside chats with playwrights. And after the chat, which is free and fun and interesting and reminds people why they like theater, they send an email and the email has a link to the video and then there's an ask. And so you, you know, you want to kind of remind people that you need this support so that you can stay strong and come out on the other side. So you've, um, so you've outlined a couple of the bad, right, from quarantine. Um, and I think you just touched on the good. But, um, so you've seen people be, get creative, clearly, as you just explained, with, gave a great example. Um, any other good things that you've seen come out of this? Yeah, I mean, I think some organizations are learning to be more transparent than they ever have before. And they're treating their donors like insiders who can handle the truth and help them problem solve. And, you know, this again goes back to fundraising 101 skills. You should always have been making appeals about a specific problem and a specific way your donor can help. It should never just be, we need money. You know, people don't need because you have needs, but because of the needs that are met through their philanthropic support. So, if you're having trouble meeting those needs right now, don't hide this. Uh, but if you're used, the difference is if you're used to leading with a story, today you probably want to lead with the realities of the situation you're facing. You want to reshape your case for support to focus on what donors really want and need to hear about how you're adapting your work to the, re the new reality. So if you're just putting out your regular marketing stuff, um, I've also seen a lot of arcs organizations doing this where they're still selling subscriptions to their season. And this makes people sort of stop in their tracks. Like what's going on with them? Are they really gonna do this or not? Or, or there's human service organizations that may need to actually ramp up their services right now or deliver services from a physical distance. Um, so donors want to know that and they want to know if you need extra money because you're ramping up services. And so, you know, you want to tell them that or you just want to tell them we're just dedicated to protecting our workers, sustaining our staff salaries, providing vital benefits to people. So you want to be really specific. None of this. These are difficult times um, without following with. And this is how we're adapting to the present situation so I i'm seeing organizations do like special emergency appeals that are coronavirus resiliency funds um, and there's a specific fundraising goal and then donors can help up step up to the plate to help you meet that goal i mean they're they're worried about your situation too they want to know how coping in a pandemic is affecting those who rely on you. And it could be for services, it could be staff relying on you for their livelihood. So your story, your current story is likely more compelling than it's ever been if you dig deep and, and kind of like go, hmm, like how do you talk to your, your family about what's going on? Talk to your donors that way. 
a great, that's a great comparison, right? They are like your family. You should look at it that way. A real life example, Claire, I had, um, I'm on a board as well. And the, because of COVID-19, we had to cancel a really big event, um, which generated a lot of money and it's a small organization. So, um, so the question was, do we present to our donors that this has been canceled? It's out of our control. It, it brought in this much money and we're looking to fill this big gap. Or does that seem overwhelming to a, you know, a, a give, you know, the general donor? Um, so how would you kind of address something like that? Well, I think what I'm seeing is organizations are addressing that situation in in different ways. Some are moving to virtual events, um, and it's certainly not the same experience, but you can definitely, if you're doing a Zoom event, generate that sort of esprit de corps feeling that comes from a live event, which causes people to open their, their hearts and wallets just a little bit more. But I think you can also let people know gee, we're so sorry, we cannot do this, but we want to keep you safe. We want to keep everyone safe. And we also still need to raise this money. So we're asking you if you would consider making a gift of X amount. If everybody, And then it's the same thing when you do ask strings, where you sometimes will highlight on your donation remit piece or your donation landing page a certain level in the ask string and say, you know, donors like you are giving an average of $55 and that's highlighted. And you could say, would you consider a gift of $75 if everyone gives that amount, we'll reach our goal? You know, something like that. So something people can hang their hat on and feel like the amount they're giving is going to be definitely really helpful to you. That's that way more manageable pieces there. So that sounds great. Um, there's a lot that's changed, obviously. I mean, people are working remotely. We're Zoom calling people. Um, we're probably catching people on the phone more frequently. I know I made calls and I was surprised at how many people answered the phone, even with my, you know, out of area, area code <laughs> from my cell phone. Um you know, so are there, are there some things that have come out of this that you'd like to see continue? Yeah, I think, you know, anything that you're doing right now that's working well, you should continue to do. That makes sense. Um, so what's the best advice, you know, crisis or no crisis? If you have one piece of advice to give to somebody who is a who has fundraising as part of what they do, if not exactly what they do. What is your one pearl of wisdom? Okay. So you asked, actually let me know you were going to ask me this question in advance. And I really thought about it because I have lots and lots of advice and I was really thinking and thinking. And then this Albert Einstein quote came to me, which is if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and five minutes thinking about the solution. So my best advice for fundraising and just about anything else in life is you have to identify and define your problem before you attempt to solve it. 
And a lot of times people come to me to ask me for help with something that is kind of the, 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 the presenting problem is a misidentified problem. So it's kind of like a family that goes into therapy and identifies their daughter as out of control. And so they ask the therapist to fix this problem. But they don't ask the next question, which is, why is she out of control? Is that the root problem or is it the fact that the parents are constantly fighting? In which case, the appropriate solution might be different. And so a lot of times people ask me to fix problems that don't get to the bottom of the reasons that they're failing to generate the philanthropic support that they need. So maybe they tell me not enough people know they exist. So they think they need an awareness building campaign or a branding initiative or a social media strategist. But why don't enough people know they exist? You know, it could be because they have a large, well-established competitor who dominates the space, and that's the real problem. They have to address how they face that competition. The best solution might actually be to collaborate or merge or something. So, you know, you have to really carefully take that time. And, And another thing people do is they take a leap towards fixing the problem by asking for a specific solution. This probably happens the most frequently for me. Like people come and say, we need a new fundraising letter because our last one didn't raise enough money. Well, the fundraising letter might be perfect, but it's not going to raise money if you've got old addresses or your mailing list isn't segmented well or you've got poorly designed donation pages. I went on a, a website the other day fully intending to make a donation because the letter was compelling and I couldn't do it. The, the, the landing page just, it didn't work well. I couldn't figure out which buttons to press to make the gift. So if you don't define what needs addressing correctly, you're going to fail. That is so, yeah, tragic, but it happens. And I don't know. I think we all just are in so much of a hurry all of the time and we want to do shorthand of everything. And there's, you know, like, oh, Claire, this is our, you know, this is what we need rather than sitting down and for whatever reason, spending that time, that 55 minutes, right, of actually ferreting out what what our real problems are. So that's really, um, I, I think that's powerful stuff. And, um, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you gave it so much thought because I think that's really helpful to all of us out here. Um, so thank you. I mean, the other thing I would say about this is that we don't want there to be problems. So a lot of the time, and especially in the face of this pandemic, you know, I've been on calls with nonprofits who just would not name the elephant in the room. They wanted to be really optimistic and act like everything was going to get back to normal really soon. And one of the things that you need to do in facing and addressing problems is stipulate amongst yourselves, problems aren't bad. They're a fact of life. Change occurs, change requires responses. So you don't want to be afraid of problems and you don't want to ignore them and you don't want to try to gussy them up by calling them something else. So you kind of have to legitimize the problem and then work collaboratively to really figure out what is the problem really here. And, you know, just, I mean, collaborative problem solving is really powerful because it gets everybody's perception out on the table and then you can work together. It's a little bit like that blind man and the elephant story 
where each person has their own perception and they will cling rigidly to it unless there's some kind of consensus that, hey, we want to look at the whole problem. So let's work together to define what this elephant really is. Excellent. Claire, honestly, I, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground and I feel like my the question I had last <laughs> was... Um, as the last question really should have been further up in the, in the conversation. Um, so I don't know if you've had anything in particular you wanted to say about how can fundraisers improve their relationships with donors that you haven't already said. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we covered that. Yeah. And it's really a huge, huge question, but I would say the best way to improve your relationship with donors mm-hmm. is gratitude and empathy is that remember that they're human beings. They're not ATMs. If you're just always thinking about the the money transaction, you're not going to have a good relationship. These people are not going to stick with you. I really like to think specifically about what I'm grateful to my donors for. And with major donors, I think very specifically. And I even advocate to people that they keep a donor gratitude journal. And every time a donor does something that they're grateful for, they, they write it down. And then, you know, later on, go back, send a note to this person or, you know, send them a, a DM on Twitter or something like that and say, you know, I really appreciated that you raised this point in the meeting. Or I really appreciated back in the old days that you brought a coffee cake to the meeting. You know, it, 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 you're looking at the person as a human being this way. And you get away from labeling them as donors because that's not how they identify. They identify themselves as a Greenpeace supporter or a Symphony supporter or an ACLU supporter. But they don't say, well, I'm an accountant and I'm a dad and I'm a donor. No. Yeah, that's, that's illuminating. And... Um, Thank you so much. This is great. Um, I'm really excited um, also that you're going to be speaking at the virtual summit for nonprofit change makers in September for us. So that's exciting. I'm looking forward to being there. What um, do you have any other exciting things coming up between now and September that you'd like to share with folks or let us know the best ways to get in touch with you for, you know, more information? Sure. I- I do have, um, I offer a uh, winning major gifts fundraising course online. It's eight weeks and I've been doing it twice a year and I'm going to do one this summer. So starting in late August and you can start signing up for it in early August. If you go to my website and go up on the menu on how I help, you'll see winning major gifts course. And it's not open for registration now, but you can get on my waiting list. And I will email you before it goes out to the general public so that you can sign up for that course. And you learn everything. Like people tell me they print this out and they put it in a binder and it's their major gift Bible for years to come. That's awesome. So yeah, send me, if you could send me that link, um, I'll include it in the show notes so folks can access it and get on that um, early waiting list. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, Claire. Stay well. Thank you so much for your time. And um, we'll be in touch real soon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for today, friends. See you soon. In the meantime, check out all the great resources we offer at topnonprofits.com. 